Hello and welcome to Season 3 of the Global Health Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Shania Bopa, and I'm excited to take you along the stories and lessons from some of the world's greatest health leaders. Hopefully, we'll be left inspired and motivated to make change in our world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Global Health Collective. I am here today with Avanti, and she's currently in the Netherlands right now. She's an ecologist, a researcher, and a educator. So welcome to the podcast. We are communicating virtually right now on Zoom. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm uh, really looking forward to this. Awesome. Let's start off with just telling everyone a little bit about yourself and your experience within Global Health. Okay, so yeah, my, my name is Avanti, as I said, uh, I'm from Sri Lanka, uh, but I'm currently teaching and living in the Netherlands. So I work on the, the Global Health Program at Maastricht University, uh, and that's actually a program that I followed myself. So it's been really nice to, to follow that program and then uh, teach on it ever since. Uh, and I've done that for the last uh, six years. Um, I'm an ecologist and conservationist by training, so it's not the typical kind of pathway to, to global health. And I, I certainly didn't kind of start off with that intention, uh, but I'm really passionate and interested about the, the links between biodiversity and human health and well-being. Uh, so that what's, that's what kind of led me to, to this point and to... To global health and and that's the kind of perspective that I, I apply. I love it. It's a very unique perspective and a very unique approach to the lens of global health. And I, I, I question, you know, what is it about global health that intrigued you? Like maybe it was a turning point seven years ago, or was it one moment that you decided that you really wanted to engage in the MSC? It's not one specific moment, but I, I think it's a kind of collection of, of moments. So I I always knew I wanted to work with animals and the environment, so the kind of human angle of it wasn't very prominent. Um, but I did a master before the global health one, which was a wild animal biology one at uh, the Royal Veterinary College um, and Zoological Society of London. And that was really interesting because it in- introduced to me this idea of one health uh, and kind of aligning conservation goals with human health and well-being goals. And that's something I hadn't really thought a great deal about. So that was kind of, well, it planted a seed of, of interest in that. Uh, and then afterwards, I, I worked in Sri Lanka at uh, the IUCN, International Unit for Conservation of Nature, Sri Lanka country office. Um, and there I engaged in a lot of community-based conservation projects. And what was really interesting is that as a zoologist, I'd kind of trained for all the environmental uh, aspects of that. But most of conservation work, as I learned very quickly, was kind of engaging with people and what they're interested in and what matters to them. Uh, and that's really about their health and, and well-being. Um, and that's what really kind of inspired me to, to explore this topic a bit more and kind of get more insight into the health and, and well-being part of it. Uh, and that's why I, I kind of chose to, to follow the master as well. That's amazing. I actually was, uh, I worked on the IUCN, the, their youth conference that just happened. Um, and the environment, and for me personally, like chemicals, 
and pesticides and understanding that and how it affects both the actual like ecology, but human health, human hormones, um, reproduction, like all of those aspects and, and kind of that connection is wild and something that I recently have kind of understood. Yeah, absolutely. And that really ties into one of the, the kind of key projects that I was uh, coordinating there was a project that it was for the conservation of a fish species, the bundlebub, which is it's only found, it's point on endemic, which means it's only found in this one stream outside of protected area. And our whole project was basically uh, trying to engage with farming communities to reduce uh, chemical inputs and in, in pesticide use, which actually kind of stems all the way from the the, in, the green revolution where these things were promoted as well. Uh, and yeah, it was a, a really interesting experience engaging in, in their kind of health interests as well as conservation together. Yeah, I bet. And I think that that's a very, that's super cool that it's one specific fish in one specific region. Um, I'm curious to know if there have been any influential people to you throughout your career that continue to inspire you today, but may have molded this drive that you have and your motivation. Oh yeah, absolutely. And probably to to many to, to kind of mention individually, uh, but there are different groups I think that have really shaped um, my career and, and my life actually. Um, some are kind of the well-known icons <laughs> of the world. So the, the kind of inspirational leaders like the David Attenboroughs who, who kind of helped to, to create this awareness and, and communication drive around conservation issues. Um, so there's that level, uh, but there's also been very many educators uh, throughout my life, whether that's in school, uh, at university, uh, and subsequently that have really led by example uh, and inspired me to, to kind of follow that path. Um, some in, in terms of building my skill set and, you know, paying attention to detail, all those kind of things, uh, and some in terms of subject area. But I've also been extremely fortunate to have wonderful colleagues, uh, and they're not always the people that draw great attention to themselves, uh, but they're just so knowledgeable and committed and dedicated to what they do. But yeah, that I find that really inspiring and I, I try to to kind of well emulate that in in some way I can agree I think for me at least one thing I learned within the program is that collaboration and actually working with other individuals it, it fuels my soul like it I love learning from other people rather than almost learning from a textbook at times and having that problem solving and that critical thinking fostered by collaboration. I think is super, super important in any career that, that you choose to do. Um, not necessarily if you go into global health or, or health in general, just any career, it's very transferable skills. And I think moving forward, a question for you is as a woman, have you ever felt like your position as an advocate to advance equity within your community in the global health sphere? Like how have you felt barriers perhaps or how do you deal with possibly limiting beliefs throughout your process well 
To be honest, I've been really fortunate in that throughout, again, my career, I've had wonderful role models, including many strong women in science as well, uh, who have kind of broken down those barriers in my mind, certainly, that I, I haven't felt particularly limited. Uh, but I know that I'm quite fortunate to be in that position so it's not like that everywhere I would say one aspect is in kind of conservation particularly was in in terms of field work uh, and I think that's true of also global health projects uh, but sometimes there there are kind of yeah these various challenges that you face um, but certainly I I think I've had people that have kind of laid the groundwork for me to to be able to pursue what I wanted to and what I felt was needed. Uh, and I just hope to to kind of continue to, to do that also. Uh, and that's by gender, but also, you know, by multiple dimensions. And I think uh, that kind of connects to what you said about multiple perspectives as well. So having all these different viewpoints and these intersecting identities, I think is really uh, enriching for global health discussions and, and practice. So I just try to to kind of move forward in, in that way. I think I can agree with that statement exactly in terms of having positive, strong role models and not necessarily role models that you might know personally. Um, it can be role models that you see in some sort of career path that you I admire and really focusing on what was their mindset moving forward in that particular career? And it's really just surrounding yourself with people who believe in you, motivate you, inspire you on the daily basis. And that includes your friends, your peers, your colleagues, your professors, not allowing, I think, the negative concepts or thoughts cloud your judgment, I think, in where you might want to go, especially within global health. It can be, it's not, I, I find global health not the most like straightforward field. There are, you can take it in so many directions. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's also context dependent, I think, it, you know, it, in our department, for example, where I teach, uh, it's a very kind of female-led and dominated uh, team as well. Uh, but I think there are, there are many other context in which you know particularly in positions of leadership or you know that, that that's not necessarily the case uh, and also it's the the kind of I mean particularly talking about environmental issues it's also the kind of disproportionate impacts of say climate change or, or these kind of issues uh, so what I try to do also in my teaching is to just kind of also create awareness or instill a sense of reflection about those dimensions that sometimes might be missed. I agree. And I think it's not necessarily like, especially with the environment and understanding the connection to human health and climate change and the sustainable development goals. Um, I think it's something that we, at least from a Canadian perspective, we didn't learn necessarily about ecology from a young age. So to know that that might be a possible passion, I don't know something my passion until I try it. So unless I had the opportunity to learn about it, then I would know that it's something I might be passionate about to then lead my life into being a lot more knowledgeable on the topic. And I think on that note, a question to work to you is if you were, if all barriers were and constraints were removed, what project would you pursue and why? It may be related to the SDGs. It might not be in a dream world. 
Oh, that's that's an interesting question. Um, well, as I said, I'm I'm really passionate about working at this intersection between ecology and global health, um, and you know, part of that it's not necessarily one limited to one project, let's say, but. I would really like to contribute to creating a movement where there is more awareness about these links and, and more recognition also about the, the kind of intricacies of them. Uh, and that works both ways. So, you know, biodiversity is essential for human health and well-being and uh, the kind of determinants of health. But also, I think, from a conservation perspective, you need to engage people to to be able to engage in con conservation. So uh, there's this concept called nature-based solutions, uh, which is also kind of championed by IUCN, which is uh, trying to align these health and or and well-being goals or human kind of, well, addressing human challenges along with conservation goals. So yeah, what I and what I'm hoping to do, but not without the barriers, I, su I suppose, is to really try to engage with these nature-based solutions to develop uh, these kind of interventions. And again, not necessarily restricted to a kind of project that has a, a particular time frame and then ends, but more kind of create a movement around that. So I see the advocacy passion within you. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, that's a, a big part of what motivates me, for sure. And I think it's something that I, I love to also inject into my teaching to to also you know engage with students that as you said may not have come from an ecology background or uh, environmental starting point but I think more and more people are interested and engaged so I like to be able to facilitate that by by trying to motivate them some more to to kind of work in the space. That is fascinating and I think um, I think that that's so admirable that you do try to interject these key frameworks and concepts such as advocacy or such as just being passionate about a topic within your teaching. Because I think that sometimes, especially as a student, I feel lacks in my professors or my instructors or just or just individuals who um, are in academia is like a lot of concepts are so research based heavy but where does that research stem from it's from finding a solution to a problem or learning more about a problem that exists and what's the driving force behind that it's passion technically or or just a, a drive to to find a solution so i admire that you kind of break it down simply in that way thanks that's i'm glad to hear that and i think yeah particularly in this field sometimes we we tend to kind of take a quite academic lens and I think you that is very important and, and research and engaging in academia is really essential uh, but I think yeah if you lose that spark for you know the, how passionate you are or just genuinely interested in it and and what's happening around you and also what the issues are and what can be done uh, I think you miss something so yeah I think it's always nice to have a balance between kind of this genuine interest and an academic interest as well. I, I agree. And I think like what what would your advice be to me as a student or to other students, young people who are who are listening, especially for the current MSc program, we are graduating in a couple months. And then for the the students that are entering the program and for anyone listening, like how 
do you think we should go about finding global health opportunities and figuring out what we're passionate about and getting involved? Well, I think my, from my experience of, of teaching, you know, students from from our master program, but also from the different partner universities as well, uh, I think students aren't short of being passionate about topics. I think particularly about kind of environmental issues, I see that only growing. Uh, but I guess my suggestion would be to try to engage with the the intricacies of those topics a bit more. So to to move beyond the surface level, but to really try to engage, to to look around and see what's happening, uh, what kind of initiatives are out there, and indeed, like we spoke about before, what are the kind of issues that are there, and what can you do to contribute to them. And I would say also, I mean, I'm very much still on this journey myself as well, but to to also see what's possible. There are a lot of challenges as well. So, you know, funding and getting the opportunities and when you graduate, kind of finding a, a job and a, a position and all these very real challenges. But I think even within that kind of frame, there are many things that you can do in, in very simple ways. So I would say kind of look around for those those opportunities. Try to to stay engaged and involved. And yeah, just start with what whatever you have around you and where you are, I guess, to to really try to to engage. Thank you. I think that's a great piece of advice uh, specifically, just like breaking it down simply. I think at least for a lot of us, we're in like this state of a panic or stress trying to find a job right after we graduate, but breaking it down to see who's within your network, who around you inspires you in terms of like the work that they may be doing and asking them for an informational interview, a 15 minute chat about their journey and hoping to learn more and, and gaining some inspiration on how they may have gotten to where they got. I think too, one thing as young students we often do is we compare someone's like final result to our start, our start line. And that's so intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think just be open as well, because with teaching, I absolutely love my job now, but I, I never started out kind of thinking, oh, I want to be a teacher. In fact, my mother is a teacher and I thought, oh, that's, that's not for me or I don't have the patience for it or something like that. Um, but it, it's just so happened that one of the projects like, I was taking over for a project uh, coordination, basically, and that person had a, a kind of role as a teacher as well. So I inherited that role. And at that time, I thought I really enjoyed the program. So this gives me an opportunity to stay on longer and kind of learn a bit more about global health. Uh, so I saw it as an opportunity for that. But you know, something that I didn't expect uh, to really become a passion of mine in terms of becoming an educator has been a really inspirational and kind of motivating factor. So I think also you you might not necessarily, well, hopefully you get the job that you, you dream of and that you hope for. But even if you don't right away, I think there are so many skills and, and things you pick up just doing various things that are always useful uh, and in ways that you might not imagine, I think, <laughs> if you're kind of, yeah, trying to find your ideal job. Yes, I I agree. And I think it's like 
not fearing failure because failure just means that you tried. So really going at opportunities and experiences, just knowing that everything's a learning experience um, in any way, shape or form. And the people that you meet are almost every single person in your life is like a teacher in some way. They're going to teach you something. And so that's something that grounds me, at least, is just trying to move through life with the waves. And I guess my last question to you, Avanti, before we wrap up is, what is one quote that you live by and why? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I, <laughs> I live by a specific uh, quote necessarily, but kind of building on what we talked about, the, there is a quote that uh, says, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. And I can't remember the, the source exactly, but I think it's Arthur Ashe or so. Uh, but I think it's it's something that I like to to kind of refer to every now and then where I feel frustrated about uh, kind of not being able to secure funding for something or or get a certain opportunity is to just kind of see where I'm at and what's possible. Uh, so that's uh, kind of something I live by. And another one that, again, I not necessarily live by, but like to reflect on from time to time is the James Baldwin quote. Um, which is that we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and denial of my humanity and right to exist, uh, which is quite heavy stuff and, and food for thought. Um, but I think it just reminds us that, you know, in, in this time where there's a lot of kind of polarization around certain ideas, uh, to just see the value in having different perspectives. Uh, but still recognizing that it's important to acknowledge each other's humanity and not minimize each other's experiences. So it's, it's again, a quote that I kind of look at and reflect on from time to time. I love it. I think I, I like both of those quotes, especially the first one, doing what you have with what you have when you can. I think it puts things into perspective, like work within your capacity always, but also don't don't let that capacity limit you necessarily in terms of what you dream to be or do. Um, my quote, I would say that I not necessarily, again, live by, but love is that the world is your classroom. And in the sense that experiential learning will actually teach you so many things about yourself and about your passions and about your, your future jobs. Um, so really trying to get out there and get experience um, in, the, in the field that you might be interested in. And that goes for anyone who is listening who might not even be interested in global health, but just just taking that into perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a good thing to, to keep in mind for sure. Awesome. Well, we will wrap up this episode here. I want to say thank you so much, Avanti, for, for taking the time to chat with us. And I hope that anyone listening uh, felt the inspiration and the passion in her voice today. <laughs> Well, th thank you very much for having me and, the, and also giving me the opportunity to to share that. Um, but yeah, I I hope there will be kind of a lot more interest in, in this particular part of, of global health as well, uh, taking ecological things into mind. So yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing also the, the many global health professionals that uh, that work in this area in the future. So thank you so much for having me. Awesome.